Welcome back to the Village Bonfire for another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. A podcast not just for your mind, but for your body and spirit too. Here we don't just talk theory. Instead, we compassionately engage with our lived experiences and a wide variety of topics together, all to invite the question, in these times we find ourselves in, how do we be more human? Thank you for being here. May these conversations awaken, inspire, repair, and evolve something deep within each of us and serve the wild, tender aliveness of our personal and collective hearts. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Wild Sacred Journey podcast. So this is a bonus episode. Um, yeah, in honor of Imolg, um, which is... That's more of an Irish pronunciation. Um, you might see it written more I-M-B-O-L-C. So you might hear it pronounced in bulk or something similar. Um, and yeah, and that marks sort of the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, right? So we're kind of at this at this transitory period where in Northern parts of the Northern hemisphere, at least, um, where the the tradition, the, the holiday originated, um, lambs are starting or sheep are starting to produce milk and starting to lamb and things like that. So there's like a beginning of agriculture. There's this sense that the sun's returning. It's also associated with Bridget, the sort of pagan goddess, as well as then sort of the Saint Bridget. So there's some of those, um, connections. So there's this sense of the fire. So it's, it's sort of this beginning of the beginning of spring. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of, it, as I've been sitting with that, it sort of has felt like it's tied in with some of the other things I've been talking about in episodes recently. So I thought I'd hop on and do a quick little bonus episode. So we'll still go ahead and light our candle. And today, especially uh, honoring that flame, that return of the fire, return of the fire outside, right? and honor what it means to have access to the fire, even in darker times, that through thread kind of that helps us come through. And take a couple deep breaths in and out. And just kind of tune in with whatever you might be sensing a little bit in your body and your emotions whatever you're bringing with you to the fire today. And so, yeah, so I've been talking a lot recently about integrations and transitions, right? Cause I've been coming back from this trip. And so I've been sharing a lot about the trajectory of what my integration process has been, which was to go into a pretty dark place first. <laughs> and then like that slow coming up and out of it. Right. But we tend to think in our minds, and this is partly how I think we're socialized, right? Our society is very progress always, faster, better, newer, better, more now, linear, right? And so there's a sense that a trajectory should be forward and up, right? And yet when we look at nature, everything moves in circles and cycles, and is much more spiral, yeah, spiral circle cycle, right? And so some of what I love about 
this, this sort of in-between holiday, right? Like in between these peak markers, right? So, you know, we have the solstices, which is either the extreme light or the extreme darkness. And then we have the equinoxes, which is the neutral, neutral, right? But then the spaces in between. So one of the things that I think we've lost some in our culture is our ability to transition between things. Because again, we think of journeys as linear. So we leave one place, that's it. It's behind us, it's gone. And we're like focused only on what's ahead, right? And so that's not entirely incorrect, but when we get to the level of energy, time and space aren't linear, right? That's part of how remote energy sessions can work. That's part of how like in quantum, quantum entanglement, right? They were, they were proving that they could do experiments on say, like, this is maybe a silly example, but like if you cut a hamburger in half, for example, right. And then you did something to like activate and you, you spread them way, way, way far apart. Like they could be in different countries. And then you did something to activate the cells and shift the molecular structure of one hamburger, one half of the hamburger, the other half of the hamburger would show the same activation right? So I believe that's an experiment they ran. I am not, <laughs> to be very clear, I am not uh, a quantum quantum theorist or quantum physicist. Um, but it's this idea that things can become entangled. And so time in a way where time and space don't actually matter in the way that our brains think they do, right? So <laughs> why does that matter? So <laughs> A lot of what we experience also happens in cycles, right? And it can be influenced by what's going on internally. It can be influenced by places, by people, by seasons, right? All of that has a lot to do with like what, which version of ourselves comes forward. Like I've really been noticing that, that there's like the version of me that I discovered on my trip was partly because of a shift in mindset and attitude I had within myself as I set out on this trip, I stepped out of my day-to-day -day life and into this new space. And so that freed another version of myself up to like come forward. And then there was also being on the land there and being in the culture there, which is very different than the land and the culture here in the mid-Atlantic US or in other parts of the US or in other parts of the world, right? So all of that stuff, you know, the affects us. That's just how attunement works. And, you know, we can do a lot internally to work with like when we're setting the temperature as, you know, Tammy LeDrew and I talk about this some in the episode that I have with her, but the difference between like setting, taking the temperature and setting the temperature, right? So especially for those of us who are very sensitive energetically, it's very easy to walk through the world, just like, like a sponge, just like taking the temperature. And sometimes there's a certain amount of like, we get to have an effect on what's around us too. Right. And to really be in reciprocity and to really be in our own power. Like that's part of that process is this, um, yeah, this dynamic of, um, being able to take and set the temperature, right. Being able to be affected and also affect, um, but attunement is like us sensing what's happening 
and then our systems responding to it and then the world responding to us and vice versa. So that is that process, right? And so season can have a lot to do with that. Place can have a lot to do with that, all of that. So that right there is also going to like, we can't just, we're never going to just bulldoze our way from one thing to another thing, right? Things are always going to be in sort of this dance. And so when we're in these processes where we're sort of expecting ourselves to go from point A to point B and to just get there in the most efficient and linear way, we're failing to take into account that our bodies are part of nature. And that's where I think then animism and nature actually come in. So there's a difference between looking at nature as a teacher in the sense of like projecting our assumptions about the world onto nature and then seeing that mirrored back. It's not entirely unhelpful, but it's, it's a little bit different versus like one of the things I was sitting with as I was, you know, so I was having, as I've been coming out the other side of kind of this darker space, I've been having good days. And then I'll have days where that feel like I'm like backsliding where I'll even have moments within the day where I'm just like, Oh God, here we go again. And right. And so there's this forward, back, forward, back. So some of that's what's happening around me, right? Some of that might be the season. Some of that is also just a natural process. And so in those moments, when I catch myself starting to judge that aspect of this process, right? I do what I kind of instinctually have always done. And I go, okay, let me look at nature. Like, is there an example of what I'm experiencing in nature? Right. Cause if so, then it's probably not a design flaw. <laughs> it may be annoying, but it's probably not a design flaw. So, you know, and the first thing that came to mind is like, well, of course there is right. Like anytime a planet transits between one sign and another in astrology, right. The planet will often drop into the next sign, the sign it's going to be in for a little while, and then it'll kind of come back to the sign it's been in, and then it'll finally transition. And sometimes that'll even happen twice, right? Anytime, um, anytime the seasons, right? Like there's, um, you know, we're in spring right now, right? Well, sort of, we're sort of still in winter. We're sort of in spring. We had a couple days here in Virginia, like, a week or two ago that were like 80 degrees, really warm summer weather. And then we had the Arctic wave come through and we were like down in the teens and twenties, you know, and now we're back up to like 50. So there's, there's always these things. It's like, we see what we, we head towards what's possible. It's almost like we fall into what's possible sort of accidentally, sort of by design. And then we kind of have to go back and we get a chance to like, look at some of the lessons again, and maybe learn them again, and maybe integrate them a little bit deeper and maybe see different layers of them. And then we get to move forward again. Right. And so some people like there have been some memes that are like, oh, it's the spiritual cha-cha-cha, right. Or like, you know, I just had to laugh the other day when I was kind of having these like little backsliding things. And I'm like, oh, I'm in retrograde. <laughs> I'm not station direct right now. I'm personally in retrograde. Right. And retrograde is like, it gets a lot of like, you know, everybody talks about mercury retrograde and wants to blame everything on it, but it's like, it's just a chance to slow down and like learn the lessons again. Right. It's a little bit more internal plants, right? First you have a seed, the seed has to crack the casing around the seed has to crack. And the first root that comes out is called a radical root. And it's just a long, thin string, right? 
And that's the first attempt at the plant to grow. And then once that root's there, maybe then a shoot starts to come up, right? And then that shoot gets different nutrients than what the root does. And that can fuel more root growth. And then the more root growth takes in more nutrients, which then fuels more above ground growth, right? And so it goes in these opposing spurts and it has to, right? So, you know, and we see that too, actually, even aesthetically, like we are naturally drawn. I was, I I've gotten, I've been getting into weaving. And so I was setting up a scarf the other night and I was setting up the warp, which is, you know, the one that's strung, um, that stays fixed, at least on the loom I'm working with. And then the weft is the one that goes back and forth. Right. So I was setting up the warp and I was wanting to play with stripes and I could play with stripes. I could do like four, you know, four rows of this color and then four of this and then four of this or wider or narrow, you know, whatever. But that's like actually really boring, you know, whereas if you do these more like graduated stripes, so we'll do, so I came up with a pattern of like, I assigned a letter to the color, right. And it was like, A, 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 B, right. And then like A, B, A, B, and then A, A, B, B. And, you know, and so you start to kind of, you start with a chunk of one color and then start gradually bringing in the other color. And then you've kind of switched to the B color and then you start gradually bringing in the C color. And then maybe you go back to the A color a little bit and then, right. And that's way more aesthetically interesting and pleasing to the eye than just chunk, 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 right. Cause chunk, 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 chunk. We see that in like agriculture, but like more like monoculture agriculture, right. We don't, see that in the natural world. That's not how systems, resilient, adaptive, regenerative systems seem to work because things don't just transition abruptly, right? So the same with the ocean. I was talking to a client the other day, you know, and we were talking about regularity versus like consistency versus, I don't know, probably some other words, you know? And so we can pretty much count on the fact that the tide's going to come in and out and waves are going to, to varying degrees, be doing their thing, right? But if it's a still day, the waves might be less. If it's a new moon, the waves might be less. If it's a full moon and the tides are higher or it's windy or there's a storm somewhere else or something's happening with the currents or there's been a big temperature change, like all of that can affect the amount of waves. And then even within the semi-regularity of the waves, you're still going to have some that come further up on the shore and some not so much. And so, so there are things that we can count on. And yet, even within those, there's nothing that's the same and nothing that's like exactly evenly spaced all the time, right? <laughs> that's a very mechanistic Machinist, machinistic, I don't know, kind of approach. And so anyway, I wanted to offer this because, you know, I think here on this holiday where we're sort of celebrating the beginning of the beginning of, <laughs> right, we're marking a moment where it's like, we're at the halfway point. And even though it isn't here yet, we've probably started dipping into it. And we're still going to feel that tension between what we're leaving and what's coming, right? And that's actually a fruitful space. There's things that happen in that space that are a necessary part of what comes next, right? 
And so it feels like a good time to just remind me, remind you (laughs) if it lands that, yeah, that we, that we do ourselves a disservice when we expect ourselves to be more like machines and less like nature. (laughs) And there's a lot we can of permission, I think, and compassion we can find for ourselves and sort of the like messiness of our process and the imperfection and the inconsistency, right. And also still the rhythmic patterning of our process when we, yeah, when we let ourselves be nature and when we look to nature, not to see things as we've been trained to see them, but to see things as nature would remind us to see them. So happy beginning of the beginning of spring. <laughs> um, for you, those of you in the Northern hemisphere, anyway, um, beginning of the beginning of fall, uh, for those of you, I guess, in the Southern hemisphere and yeah. And so I just, you, yeah, I just invite you to just, um, yeah, to, to look, to look to nature (laughs) and to remember that you are still moving even when sometimes you feel still, even when sometimes you feel stuck, even when sometimes you feel like you're going backwards. Right. And there's a discernment that we have, you know, that we can, that we can build, like, am I going backwards because I'm like afraid to go forward, (laughs) you know? And again, there's nothing wrong with that, that that's then part of the lesson. That's part of what we can learn in that retrograde period. Right. But then what's beautiful too about these, yeah, these more nature-based holidays um, and, and looking to nature and celebrating what's happening there is that, you know, nature can be an elder in a way, and it can offer us a sense of belonging. And in those moments of doubt or despair or feeling alone with something or finding something challenging to navigate or being mean to ourselves because we're expecting ourselves to live up to some standard that isn't realistic, um, you know, it's like, oh, right. Okay. I'm belonging. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have innate belonging here and what I'm experiencing doesn't take me from that belonging. It brings me deeper into it. So I'll leave it there for today. Um, Yeah. So thanks for joining me around the fire. Um, have you ever, I'm curious to know, like, have you ever looked at like what, what kinds of lessons have you learned from nature or what, um, is there anything you're going through right now that, that this kind of lands with and, and, um, makes you feel mm, a little more okay in your process about, um, love to hear. So anyway, until next time, be well and, uh, yeah, we'll see you. See you soon. Hi, Kate here again. Thank you for gathering with us. Whether you've been here a while or found your way here thanks to today's guest, it means so much to me and the world I dream of to have you here. I hope you'll tune in for more of our conversations. We humans seem to be at a profound threshold and facing questions of deep impact for the future and the world. 
We need our full hearts and humanity as we sow seeds of change in these times of joy and heartbreak. I count myself lucky to be here now, around this virtual village fire, weaving our stories into a medicine with humans like you. As a community medicine space, this podcast is relational. It weaves webs of connection and mutual respect and care across time and space. If you appreciate and support the future we're seeding here, you can support the weaving of this web in a few ways. One, share episodes with friends and family or online with your community. It also helps the podcast immensely if you like, rate, subscribe to, or follow the podcast where you watch or listen, so you get notified when new episodes drop and new listeners find us as they search. Two, join us on Patreon. Doing so supports conversations like the one you just heard and allows you access to live community gatherings and medicine circles and more as we continue to grow. It also helps me keep the space advertisement free so the conversations stay intact as they are. If you have questions, suggestions, connections, or would like to find out more about working with me, you can find me online at www.wildsacredjourney.com, on Instagram at wildsacredjourney underscore KP, or email me, kate at wildsacredjourney.com. Until next time, from my heart to yours, I release today's fire with a prayer for our individual and collective wholeness, connection, and joy. May it be so.